Hello, weary traveller. My name is Georgie. My name's Heaven. And we're here with Return to Camp, a Baldur's Gate 3 podcast. Welcome back to Return to Camp. We hope your adventures have been fruitful. Nothing too scarring or maybe too jarring has taken place. We're going to launch straight in to a little sort of deep dive and sort of deep discussion into some of the characters that you will interact with and meet in your time in Baldur's Gate. So I think the best place to start is to kind of preface this whole thing because we suddenly realized at the very start of this recording as we press the button we've done our intro we've done our session zero as every good DD group should and now we're launching in to what is lovingly referred to as a star rian is born <laughs> hev takes all the credit for that one by the way i love that i yeah. think it's hilarious it is but we haven't even really talked about Baldur's gate or why we're talking about these characters and kind of why that makes any sense so as you'll all know, video games. Yes, video I agree. Games, right? I'm imagining myself as like that aliens guy. Yeah. Aliens. Video games. Video games are very rarely a one-man operation. You're quite, even if you're a solo player adventure, you have people who you interact with in the world. Whether they are fleeting, whether they are consistently throughout this adventure, this story, they're generally there with you. Now, what makes it different in things like RPGs, Dungeons and Dragons, for example, and particularly with things like Baldur's Gate, is that you do have your companions with you, but they aren't just kind of like a passive role. So you can control them separately. You can, in the ter- in the turn-based combat, very similar to Final Fantasy and other RPGs, obviously you can dictate how they attack and what potions and scrolls and all the whole shebang. And which is why we're going to dive straight into the characters because you launch into Baldur's Gate as either a legacy character um, created by Larian and the team behind Baldur's Gate or as your own created Tav. And then as you sort of launch yourself straight out of the Nautilus face first, you come across all the companions. After like seven attempts, because I remember, do you remember when I was messaging you and I was like, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. And it took me like a million years to get out of that fucking ship. My God. Yeah, as an as an opening, it's it's pretty it's pretty chunky. <laughs> you sort of do a lot before really doing anything. Yeah, which is amazing. but again, like I feel like for something that's born from Dungeons and Dragons, it's perfect. Yeah. So the companions, then something that's really wonderful as well about Baldur's Gate, and we'll probably touch on this quite a lot, is even though it is a video game with fixed strands of action it has so so many that everybody's game experience is pretty unique to them yeah you'll cover the same beats you'll cover the same interactions here and there but like a lot of the events will be different i'm on playthrough playthrough Mm 1.2 essentially and i've experienced things in the second that i didn't in the first and i gave the first a really like bloody good go <laughs> try and yeah. like see everything You're, yeah because i know like when you play a game you're thorough you know what i mean you like to oh yeah platinum hundo p i'm a rummager yes yeah i am what is lovingly referred to in my house as a looty tutor looty tutor like to <laughs> looty tutor because i like to root and loot so yeah i t- like i put i think 125 hours into my first playthrough of Baldur's mm. game and there's still things that i did not do yeah well of course and i think like you were saying with like RPGs and stuff, they're so character driven. And because you have that kind of ability to control 
and play as each character within the party, there's so much to explore from so many different angles, mm-hmm. isn't there? It's impossible to cover it 100%. Well, not impossible, obviously, but very <laughs> a lot of time to cover it 100%. Yeah. I think doing a hundo percento in one run is like, I mean, it's just not possible. Yeah. Like straight up. Because there yeah. are choices that you make. Like when I killed Shadowheart really early on. Which very. In the first run through. Very much upset me. Broke my heart. It did. But this run through, especially for Georgie, I have kept her alive and encouraged <laughs> her to follow her destiny slash reveal her true destiny. Yeah. So I just want to say mm. now, like... <laughs> The efforts you go to for my relationships, we'll come <laughs> on to it when we get on to Gail and Shadowheart. <laughs> the understanding that you have is, is, I could never ask for more. Thank you. <laughs> it's honestly, I, I wish I could say it was my pleasure, but it's not. But I, I will do it for you. I left Halsin for dead. I'm so sorry to do that to you. <laughs> I can't believe that. Uh, this is an aside, but I'll tell you all anyway. Oh. So in my second playthrough, I've been a Astarian gal all the way through. He's my number one main bay. I'd never even spoken to Halsin outside of literally completing his quest. And he's yeah. with me. We're at, um, I'm at Worms Rock now. So we've gone through all the grove. We've gone through all the stuff. We've rescued the, the tower and the people in the mist and whatever. I've literally not spoken to him <laughs> outside of compulsory conversations. And the other day, I'm like, you know, going to bed. I've fed everybody or I'm about to feed everyone. And it's like, oh, someone wants to speak to you. So I'm like, okay. So if I toddle off in my jammies. Yeah. And it's Halsin. So I'm like, okay, what have you got to say? And he's like, oh, I can feel this thing between us. And I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, I can tell from, you know, I'm free from my burdens and I want to, you know, be with you forever. And I was like, no. <laughs> Stop it. No, excuse me. We've literally never had a conversation <laughs> outside of you being like, please help me save my people. Lol, sometimes I'm a bear. Lol, sometimes I'm a bear. Oh my god. Honestly, I was like, and he was like, I can tell there is someone else. And I was like, yeah, back off. My husband. He's over there. Yeah. The boy will stab you. Yeah, he will. You know, he's a fan of a murder, bless him. He is. And it is about mm. your one and only that, you know, we're here to talk talk about today. It is. So if you haven't guessed it already, <laughs> the theme of today's show is a starian. Is born. <laughs> Our little star himself. I... Oh. I do wear a necklace every single day that has lots of little stars on it that I bought specifically because there is a Greek spelling of the name Astarian that does mean little star. So I did buy it and I wear it every single day for him. It makes perfect sense yes. because I love him and I love you. And I love you perfect. too. Yeah. So Astarian then. Mm-hmm. The Larian description, the Baldur's Gate description of Astarian. Astarian prowled the night as a vampire spawned for centuries serving as sadistic master until he was snatched away. Now he can walk in the light, but can he leave his wicked past behind? Oh. It's a very mysterious little paragraph. Isn't it? I also didn't realise for ages, until it was like actually brought up, that he was like a spawn, not just like a vampire. Yeah, so I didn't know if um, it might be worth kind of like discussing the difference there for people that maybe don't know, because it's like a, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So in D&D rules, you have the difference between a vampire 
and a vampire spawn, mm-hmm. okay? So a vampire spawn is a vampire, like, offspring, if you like. So you've got mm-hmm. Kazador, he's a vampire, and his spawn are people that he has turned into vampires. They remain a spawn until they drink the blood of the vampire that turned them. Okay, so kind of similar along the lines of you not being a vampire anymore if you kill the vampire that bit you. Yeah, it is a riff on that kind of thing, yeah. So if yeah, you yeah. become, like, a full vampire you have to mm-hmm. kind of you become a in inverted commas normal vampire or like a like a full vampire if you like yes um, you take yeah. the l plates off when you it's the person who originally <laughs> turned you basically yeah yeah okay and there's like a kind cool. of like connection obviously you'll know gamers with the whole astarian's plot line like there's a connection between mm-hmm. the spawn and the their master or the person who turned them and it's often like a controlling one so yeah yeah perfect thank you for <laughs> going through that for us so i think it's good to point out that the sadistic master mentioned in that little paragraph is in fact the Casador that georgie mentioned mm-hmm. so you do meet him if you follow astarian's quest the pale elf which makes me laugh anyway because it's like his quest name's basically just like the little white boy um tiny white boy yeah sad white boy um (laughs) yeah it's a really really wonderful sad amazing storyline it is um and it was you know one of the probably one of the better gaming moments i've experienced in quite a long time and i thought it was very amazing absolutely let's get into astarian and we will get into astarian and his (laughs) <laughs> come on now uh, but i mean anyway give me give me a chance right um we'll get into his backstory because i agree with hev it's i think i i don't wish to sound derivative and trite but it's it deeply deeply special to me so i'm excited to talk about mm-hmm. it but um yeah also there's a degree of it that i feel like his best experience kind of as fresh as possible yeah so as much as we'll we'll talk about some stuff and we'll talk around it and we'll talk about maybe why him as a character is so interesting in this setting and this type of game and and a modern mass-produced kind of popular culture game Mm -hmm. but we won't necessarily go uh, into the full nitty-gritty yeah we're not gonna and then he says this and then he said yeah but we we won't do that don't worry so Astarian and Kunin. Spoiler alert, that's mm-hmm. his surname. <laughs> Already I ruined my, oh. my plot. <laughs> Sorry guys, I ruined it all like th- three seconds after I said we do no spoilers. Um <laughs> he is a high elf rogue. And I'm biased because I absolutely love a rogue, especially um mm-hmm. with like a charlatan background. It's one of my absolute favourite things to play and to write. So it was no surprise that make one of them a vampire, I'm there, you know? It's <laughs> it's all like in. every box has been like not only like ticked it's been like you know when you draw like a bubble yeah it's very and that color it in exactly so let's go let's here she goes let's get into the breakdown of what that means essentially yes so, please high elves so when you put that in like a boulder's gate three <laughs> what? sorry i'm laughing literally just because like hi elves hello hi elves hey <laughs> hi um, barbie hi elves, <laughs> hi, elves. <laughs> So in, in Baldur's Gate 3, your high elves are medium size. They're not super tall, not super short. They're medium. And they're one cantrip from the wizard spell list. They've got dark vision and they're proficient in perception. Their fey ancestry gives them advantage on saving throws against being charmed. And they're not magically mm-hmm. charmed. And 
their weapon proficiencies include bows and short swords and they're not magically mm-hmm. like put to sleep either when i say charmed you know put to sleep charm by anything like that so you might have noticed when you do your long rests in camp you'll see how astarians lay he's laid differently to everybody else because the elves don't technically mm. sleep they like meditate so it's a different kind yes. of rest process so if you look you'll see him like lying differently to everybody else yeah, I think he's like, is he like pinching his thumb and finger? Yeah, like, absolutely. Kind of like a little meditation stunt. Yeah. And he's, he's like, lying like, lying that. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that really fits nicely with him being like a magistrate in Baldur's Gate, you know, a high elf. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, very on brand for that and his backstory. And then, of course, he's our favorite rogue. And again, like I mm. say, rogues, one of my most beloved classes to play. And what I like about rogues is there's so much scope to do different things there. So you can have like an assassin, you can have an arcane trickster, you can have, um, mm-hmm. you know, lots of different variations on on how you play the archetype of a rogue, which is what I, I really enjoy. So mm-hmm. as a blanket rule, you're stealthy, you're tricksy, you have super high dex, dexterity, yeah, and again, sneak attacks. Mwah, chef's kiss love them so much anything that involves any kind of like deception or sleight of hand lock picking um, sneaky attacks getting advantage on things disarming mm-hmm. traps perception that kind of thing that's where they're going to yeah. really really shine and obviously you see that with a star and especially when it comes to having like your charisma dump stat like all your all your effort is going to be in your charisma and your dexterity when you're a rogue and i think that works really nicely with his background as a charlatan because charlatans are kind of i again it's a very special class to me i love it so much um, <laughs> i know i keep saying that i just i love it so so much it's very much a character who gives other people what they want and does what they do to get mm-hmm. something out of other people and i think when you yeah. bear that in mind as a you know in a vacuum and think about charlatans as people who hide themselves they build up a mask they don't let people in they give people what they want to you mm-hmm. know get what they want without giving any vulnerability back themselves and then you put that in the context of Astarian and his story arc you know it's, it's heartbreaking yep. but it's perfect so i think yeah when you kind of put together that kind of really interesting and beautiful juxtaposition of this elegant high elf and with a lot of high elves you've got that real kind of um i don't want to say snootiness but there is this kind of i was thinking you know it's like a it's like a a highly strung aloofness you get in a lot of elves most elves that's the kind of vibe you're gonna get and you pair that with this vampling rogue you know it's a Mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful combination and yeah for him i just think if you follow his story it's it's very kind of poetic that that's that's how he's kind of portrayed with his race and his class, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think I could have said it even an eighth as beautifully as you did. <laughs> um it is Not perfect. Even. I think the the decisions to sort of set him up in such a way, like you say, perfectly reflects his backstory and the quests that you go along with him. And yeah, and he's he's a really fun character to play as well. And I mean I do love a rogue quite often we'll go rogue myself um, <laughs> go rogue go rogue and yeah and i think there's always something really fun about being like a sneaky boy and just pickpocketing your way around and there's a lot of joy that comes from those actions particularly in boulders you get to enjoy quite a lot of like dice 
roles and skill checks and all that sort of stuff so that I do find really fun but what I also find really fun is when you go into somewhere and especially if you're leading with a starion mm. and it's like oh perception check there's a trap and then you're like okay so you're like disarming the trap and all the rest of your bumbling fucking crew come in and then it's like boom 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 yeah, boom, 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 yeah. boom as the whole room is on fire because they decided just to pile in um, yeah I love it incredible I love that I did that the other day and I it did like, to be literally last night yeah <laughs> Like, led by Gale, I was like, what a lad. Here he is. Now listen. Gale Force wins. No, stop. <laughs> okay, so I think now is a good time for my confession. Okay. This was threatened to me <laughs> earlier in a message. So yeah. I don't actually know what this confession is. This is coming fresh to me as it is to you, dear listener. I don't think this is going to surprise you, actually. But okay. you know me well enough. So last night, dear listener, sweet adventurers, I had quite a long day. And... I wanted to escape. So I played my game and I was confronted Uh with the choice I was trying to put off for a long time. And I had, Uh yeah, I had to pick. Uh And we'll get into kind of Astarian's backstory and his relationship and everything because it was after the incident with the drow at Moonrise. Um, That's all I'll say. Uh 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 So obviously I, I said what I said and he was very thankful. And then I get my options, right? Of what yeah. to do. Can I guess? I think you know. Did you pick just be friends? I did, yeah. Oh my God. I knew it. You knew it because I can't do it to Gail. I can't do it. When you said it was the choice, I honestly suspected that it was the point where Gail's kind of like, you do need to choose. Blah, blah, well, he, blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. So I, okay, I'm such a fucking piece of shit. So I initially was like, we can just, we can, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, we can be together, but we're just not going to sleep together. And he was like, oh my God, I love it so much. And then Gail was like, how could you do this to me? And I was like, reload, reload. I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't. When you said about the drow in the tower, mm. I was like, okay, so it is a different, it is a different um, conversation. Mm. But I did know exactly which you meant because (laughs) context, in case you missed it, in case you haven't got to it at that point, you meet a drow in Moonrise Towers, which is uh, in Act 2, who is by all means a creepy peeper Mm. and she deals in blood potions and she sort of offers a potion which, to be fair, is very good. Uh, it's all right. It's it's not that. Well, it gives great. you like it was like is it like two? It's two, yeah. Two strength buff. Is it two strength buff? Uh, it's forever? either two strength or two HP. It's not enough that I would want to do it to him. <laughs> yeah, but if but if you're not asked about starring, obviously, yeah, you know, go for your life. I also don't know if you can steal it at any point. I can't remember. So that could be, you know, it could be worth looking mm. at. But anyway, in exchange for said potion, she wants Starion to bite her, and he really doesn't want to. And this is, I think, the first instance of him kind of being like, please don't make me do this. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And giving you like a little bit of like a crack in the wall that he'd built. Mm-hmm. So now I missed this the first time around. Did you? Because I just did Moonrise Tower Jail. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did that, did something else, stormed the tower, killed everyone. <laughs> Whereas this time I went right. to the tower as a non-threat, did the tower, then did the jail, then went back and killed everyone. Oh my god! So I'm like um, having little drinks in the waning moon and chatting with everybody and getting the relic. Oh my god! Oh no, I've done okay, that good. As well. yeah. I convinced the toll collector. Have you met the toll collector? I may have killed him. We've come off topic again. So yeah, so I convinced the toll collector that he had to collect himself. Amazing, hilarious. Yeah. But let's loop back. Yes, yeah, so that's view. the crack in his his armor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the point where I was like, because I'd set out in my second one to romance Starion. Yeah. And follow that all the way through. 
because this is kind of like the 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 playthrough that I allowed myself to follow a guide on, whereas I did the first one very blind. Mm. So had that conversation, and that was the first conversation where I was like, this playthrough is actually going to be upsetting. Yeah. And it is actually going to come with a lot of, like, Googling, admittedly, to check for the right answers. Yeah, no, for but sure. But there is going to be a point where there is no good choice. Yeah. Uh, people who know who have got to the end or know the ending and know everybody's roundups, mm-hmm. there actually is no great ending. No. So I've already, like, set my stall out yeah. on the side of a mountain that's regularly hit by lightning and there's landslides. <laughs> you know, it was always going to end in tears. But that was the point where I was like, no, it's me and you forever, babes. Yeah, and that was it. And we've got I've got an exceptional rating with him now. Oh, very good. See, I'm, oh yeah. Also with Gail, I'm exceptional still, with Gail. No, I turned him down. God, I love him so much. But this is I can't wait for the Gail chat. That's going to be it's going to be fucking insane. Just hilarious. I'm sorry in advance for whatever that's going to turn into. Um, we <laughs> hey, there's time yet in this episode. So I think the thing with Astarian is. Mm. I think it sounds silly, but when it comes to Baldur's Gate, I fell for him first, I fell for Gail Harder. Oh my god, I knew you would say <laughs> And I feel like <laughs> <laughs> with Astarian, I think it's such a raw storyline to have a character, yeah. specifically a male character who mm-hmm. who has been in a relationship like the one he's in with Kazador, that kind of dynamic yeah. of power and control and to have a male character be in a position whereby sexual favors and sexuality is something that's so inherently part mm-hmm. of their character in a negative way that they want to divorce themselves from like when's the yeah. last time you've ever seen that mm-hmm. you know and i think that and it's difficult i think this is why i went for the of the friends thing for me or that we could be together we don't have to ever do that is because it's such a deeply like intimate and personal conversation that you have with him when he turns around to you and says like i mm-hmm. you know thank you for listening to what i want if that's you know the way that you choose to go with it but it, there's mm-hmm. like that level of vulnerability there that i think is so refreshing to see in a male character in a game and i feel awful sometimes because he is in- insanely sexualized yes. and i get i get it because that's his thing right but i just it's so weird but like the switch in my head just went after that and i was like i Mm-hmm. will love you and protect you and i it's yeah it was it was a really like you said it's it's one of those moments where you kind of go oh uh, mm-hmm. oh okay this is this is one this is one of those games it's very there's a lot more to it than you expect yeah and like and that's how it's supposed to be with and it, it really took me but i think i mentioned in session zero it really took me by surprise the depth yeah. of like genuine love that i feel for these characters and the kind of mm-hmm. the depth of personality and the the intimacy and the difference in the kinds of relationships you have with them is so so well created and well crafted you know mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree and i think you're right i think these moments where you do have the core of their characters like revealed to you after after certain times and after certain adventures and during certain like conversational beats and I think it does it does shape your experience differently and it makes you do things differently and treat them differently which is something that I think is really interesting because in video games particularly you care very little about what actually happens to the NPCs yeah like we've spent I've particularly spent 30 years locking Winston in the (laughs) freezer do you know what I mean? So it's really not something that we often care about. But <laughs> look at the poor That's little, very... um, poor little what are they Koroks and Legend of Zelda poor things. Jesus Christ! Literally everything. You know, we just we don't really care to keep these things safe 
But in this, there's so much personality, and so much story and so much depth that you can't help but actually be like, oh, crap, like I need to do this and, and help these people and, and support these people. Unless you're playing a dirge run, obviously. And then you're just like, I really want to play a dirge run. I think as well, when like you were saying, you just, you just care so deeply about these characters. I think for me as well, I, when you said that kind of really rung true with about having those kind of conversations and what you say matters and how you interact matters with these characters. So I had a moment when Gail was like really, really upset with me mm-hmm. after after I chose Astarium. I, I had like a, 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 a moment in my mind where I was like, oh my God, like if this was real life, mm-hmm. I'd have just fucked this completely. And like, mm-hmm. obviously... It, the choices have very 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 like far-reaching effects to the point where sometimes if you go somewhere too soon you won't be able to finish up a certain quest you say the wrong thing it's yes. gonna irreparably yeah, yeah. alter your relationship with a character and in my head i was like oh if this was real life and i didn't get to push f8 right now you know what I mean? <laughs> i'd be like frantically yeah, while crying mikey was like look at him mikey's like, are you okay i was like don't want to talk about it um, <laughs> why is my f8 key broken literally <laughs> Um, but like if that was real I'd have fucked it and it's really like I that gravitas you have with each choice is so interesting and I think that really nicely kind of reflects again that all of them all of the characters the companions have incredibly Mm. sad backstories but I think with Astarian in particular the fact that he was turned by Cazador I'm gonna talk now by the way guys about like how and why he was turned so if you don't want to listen skip it skip ahead a little bit I'll be quick but yeah the fact that he was turned because he was like lay dying on a side street or graveyard somewhere because he was like beaten up his only other choice at that point was death and that is after 200 years what would have been preferable to him you know and it's kind of having that choice presented to you knowing that sometimes there isn't going to be the right one and there isn't going to be one that's the absolute correct answer and i think his story really exemplifies that because there was that that moment where this all could have been avoided and i don't know if there's necessarily that much of a moment where there's something that you could avoid as much in the other character's backstory you know what i mean yes i do know what you mean i think especially when you meet like the 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 monster hunter yeah and you get more of his backstory sort I of there than him, it man. was like <laughs> i remember because you messaged <laughs> me and you were like how do i get my approval up and i was like okay so you do x x this this yeah, this, this and this I was like, particularly, you go here outside the hag's house and you kill this man. And I remember because <laughs> I sent you a picture afterwards when he was all bruised up, and I was like, <sighs> "You were like, it is done." <laughs> like literally, like I'd sent a hitman out to go and batter someone. She returned with a bloody knuckles. <laughs> like I have completed my task. I did. Um, I did. <laughs> honestly, but yeah, I think. At that point, he, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he reveals that he was beaten up by these people, mm. which is when Cazador found him and they turned him. And that's why they thought it was kind of like a planned situation all along. Mm. And then um, it's only much later on when you actually get to Cazador's palace, house, whatever you want to call it, yeah. in Baldur's Gate, where you actually sort of see like the, the length and the breadth of the like the terrible life that he'd led. Yeah. Like, even though he's wrapped in this, like, kind of like what you would imagine to be finery when he was, like, out and about before meeting all of you guys. You know, you see the dorm rooms and the, and he, he tells you about, like, room by room. It's like, oh, this is where you slept when you weren't out, where you're out of favor. You know, this is where yeah. you were, like, 
battered in this room that was just dark but i think it's a skeleton so it's like battering you yeah yeah, yeah. and basically how he even just references really early on that he only ever fed on rats yeah and he was locked like, away yeah ever had a yeah he doesn't actually consume any human blood until you let him feed off you i think that might be the first time and it's like why wouldn't he be angry why wouldn't he hate it when you extend that kind of kindness to other people selflessly like he didn't have that he didn't have that for 200 years of course he's angry when he sees that happen of course he's conflicted when he sees that happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so things like that are really interesting because like like you say really he's he's really wrapped up and presented to to the players and to everybody as this like really sexually motivated like he's just like a ball of attraction yeah he's like anything you want me to be i'm gonna be it yeah everybody finds me attractive everybody's gonna want a bit he reminds me of tim curry in like yeah yeah absolutely and and then as you like peel that away it's actually like oh these are just the armor that he's got to put on yeah. Like, boy can't wear anything more than, like, a fucking leaf. He's so weak. Yeah. But his, like, mental, emotional scarring armor is, like, a million. It's like, insane, yeah. It's got, like, a million hit points. And, yeah, and I think that in itself is almost, like, a full adventure yeah. in just unraveling his storyline. The same with everybody else's. And that's only one small aspect of this whole game. Yeah, and it's fucking good lesson in writing characters too. My God. Mm. Like, um, 1989 Taylor's version came out, right? Um, it did. And mm-hmm. one of the vault tracks, uh, one of my favourite vault tracks, A Bit of a Legends, has the line in it, you were so magnetic, it was almost obnoxious. And I was like, yes. oh, that's, that's about a story. <laughs> Immediately, I was like, it's... <laughs> It is that just like raw magnetism. But like you say, it's just yeah. a front. And that's why I think the charlatan um, archetype is or like background is so interesting because that's almost word for word if you read up about kind of how to play mm. and how, how charlatans are. It is a mask. It's you give everybody else what they want to the detriment of your own well-being and your own desires or as a manipulative means to an end to get them. And that's the thing. So, yes. so Ast- Astarian wants you to use the tadpole for power. He wants to, he's happy because he's free of Casador for a bit with this. You know, he wants the power from that. Mm-hmm. So he'll do what he can to encourage you. And I know there's that quite um, popular line, isn't there? If you're romancing him about his very simple plan going awry. Mm. So I just think yeah. when you get those kind of chinks in the armor and you get to see behind that mask, that vulnerability, like I say, especially from like a very sexualized male character is mm-hmm. definitely is really important, I think, to me to have that as such a prevalent kind of theme in, in yeah. mainstream media. I completely agree. And I also think it's handled beautifully. Yeah. Like it's revealed as something that is heartbreaking Mm. and shocking and like really serious it's not ridiculed he's not then thought any less of it's not done in a light where you're like oh look at that guy he's you know just a male whore or whatever Mm. like he's had this horrendous torturous toxic abusive relationship for like 200 years and now he's getting to experience you know some sunshine and hanging out in my camp particularly with an owlbear and a puppy like exactly what a time so i can forgive him for some murders oh i can he's a vampire after all what is he gonna do boy's gotta eat yeah exactly and you know what i here i am and i i think (laughs) 
I was like, that took me a second. I, I, was, I was like, like I don't need yeah, to say yeah, that. Yeah. I don't. But yeah, and yeah, here I am. I am. Um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> I think what's really telling about that relationship and like like you said that kind of trauma that he's feeling and how it's kind of perceived by mm. others even by the game writers um is when mm -hmm. you have that conversation after the incident with the the drow who's dealing with the blood potions and the blood magic um mm -hmm. there's like lots of different dialogue options and if you do pick i think what you need now is a friend you still get that approval from him and mm -hmm. you still get a really positive response from him in that there's never any kind of judgment about these things and it's none of the mm -hmm. other campmates kind of feel badly about it and like even when I was as much as I don't want to talk about it Gail was like being mean to me because I did kind of cheat on him um <laughs> he was like I can't blame you like it's like there's never any kind of judgment about the way that he deals with it with you or with anybody else I don't think and I think the way that you said the game has written that into the plot is very delicate and very sensitive and I think it's very important and also Neil Newborn voice acting just absolutely just next level yeah next level delivery on some of these lines honestly yeah especially when you really get into core pale elf storyline mm -hmm. and i did say we weren't really going to get into that too much I've, honestly, I've ruined it already don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> so i went into that like pretty blind okay so i knew the the sort of ins and outs and i knew what i was planning on doing yeah. but the actual performance when you are there yeah. was like nothing i could have imagined yeah. And I think we'll get into a bigger discussion about the voice performances another time. Because yeah. I think that's worth sort of spending the time to really unpack and have a look 100%, at. 100%. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely amazing. The line delivery on some of it is just wonderful. And laugh, yeah. it makes me like, oh, I want to cry. And it's just, yeah, brilliant. I feel like as a package, it is just so special. Genuinely. I will say, like, as when the delivery, there's that line when you say something and he goes, yes, and beautiful. Not enough people mention that. I, that has become, like, a staple yeah. part of my vocabulary to the point where if I say something at work now, my friends will go, yes, and you're beautiful. Not enough people mention that. And I'm like, yes, you're so right. You're so right to say and it. And to be fair, like, they need to. Thank you. You are beautiful. I will just tell. I So, Hev, already you know this, but... I was at um I was lucky enough to get some free tickets to go to Insomnia um gaming festival. Mm. Neil Newman was there and Hev had to deal with me being like, should I do it? Should I see him? Should I go and say hello? And I I love I how <laughs> you're phrasing this as you you being like, should I just <laughs> pop over and be like, oh hello Neil, how are you? Do do do, as if you wouldn't be like, ah crying snotting i met i was with you when we met kieran gillen oh, okay yeah. so you know there's no there's no getting around no it. there's not and i didn't go and speak to i didn't go for the meet and greet because you should have gone for it i didn't because i you know i can't meet people that i love i know but he had like such a lovely outfit oh on. i know and i live with it every single day that i didn't do it so and i I, I just knew that it was it was for the better and it was for the better I think for me <laughs> like no one had bail money I would have just made a complete scene I would have cried I would have screamed it was probably for the best oh no you'd have been an absolute delight and he would have been lucky to get to chat to you Neil Newman if you're listening to this as a fellow brummy please exactly please, one yeah. more chance sir I'm sorry 
But um, <laughs> next time. next time, yeah, absolutely. Next time, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about our one and only Astarian? Honestly, I think. I don't think there is. I think like that's pretty much it because I do want to leave something for the people to experience. Absolutely. We tried to skirt around things today, but obviously we, it's it's hard when you're trying to get into like when you've got such kind of circuitous and like rambling in a really beautiful way storytelling. It's hard to cover yes. bits without spoiling things, but I think especially with Astarian out of all of them there are some incredibly beautiful moments in the story. Romance or not yes. romance, there's some very cathartic, sensitive moments in the story. So Yeah, I agree. And I think as much as you can, don't do what Georgie does and read the end of the story before you've started. Listen. <laughs> Listen! Like, there's a reason why you can save scum, okay? Make a save before you go anywhere. And make a save before you pick a dialogue option. Bear in mind, Heather's been like my 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 genuine one and only for like how long now and you've gone to cinemas with me and you've got seen me go to the bathroom and read the plot <laughs> of the film before we get in it's you've you've had a lot of time putting up with this honestly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So it's not a um but that's okay i mean sometimes you gotta know just to feel secure and that's fine yeah but where you can let yourself experience this because honestly it's worth you're right you are right i'm not gonna listen but you're right I am right. <laughs> and that's okay. You don't have to yeah. listen to me. So, dear listeners, sweet adventurers, tenacious players, <laughs> pack up your belongings, gather some supplies, and let's return to camp. Thank you for gathering around the fire with us and having a little chat about our favourite little vampling rogue, Astarian. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll be back soon. But in the meanwhile, mm-hmm. you can check us out on TikTok. You can, because Heather's been absolutely smashing it and keeps sending me little TikToks of our TikTok. We have a TikTok account. We have a TikTok account and it's totally naff, but it's I love not it. Sure, but it's amazing. So I'll put the link in the description. Yeah. Yes, it's just Returns Camp. There's some fun memes and some little snippets. And there's going to be some little sneaky, sneaky theme previews oh. before each episode. So it's going to be the place to be. It really is. I love that for us. Right. Amazing. Bye, gamers. See you guys soon.